Welcome to the Ballhead Chronicles, a podcast dedicated to becoming friends with fear and kicking it with anxiety. I'm your host, the Follicle Whisperer. Here, we enjoy the process of watching ripples become waves as we make major changes in our lives with just small steps every day. If you're ready to make that change, jump in with us. You know, just taking it slow. Somebody show me that door. You know, just taking it slow. Somebody show me the rose. Welcome back to another episode of the Ballhead Chronicles. I'm your host, the Follicle Whisper. On this week's episode, we have my baby cousin. She's not a baby. I just like to call her my baby cousin. She's a grown-ass woman, Cherie. And she's sharing her stories about um, transitioning into motherhood. If you want to hear this beautiful story, keep listening. On this episode of the Ballhead Chronicles, I want to welcome my little cousin, Cherie. I call her a super smiler and she knows why. But on social media, that's Deuce. On social media, she goes by Becky with the good hair. Okay. We also have, (laughs) we also have a root one joining us. Yes. He goes by the name of Deuce. That's what we call him. Do you want me to tell them your real name or? He's thinking about it. He decided against it. So from here on out. I am going to give my cousin Cherie the floor to speak. I would go on and on and on to give you guys a brief description of who she is, but I know her on so many different levels. I just want to give her an opportunity to introduce herself to the community. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Cherie. I am a a lovely mom of an almost two-year-old, as you guys can hear. And I guess today we're mainly going to be talking about my my journey into an actual motherhood. Because <laughs> as most would say, that I was a mom before I was even a mom. Before I was even a mom. <laughs> the joys, the downs, the good, the bad, and the, the least expected. I should say, because mm-hmm. it most definitely has been a journey mm-hmm. to get me this far. Yes, ma'am. So as she said, we have Deuce here. His He's named after his grandfather, Key. So we call him Deuce because that means two. Huh? Deuce, you got anything you want to say to the people? What you want to say? Oh, Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt somebody's huh? eardrums. Huh? Hey, what else you got to say, buddy? Huh? 
Oh, okay. I know that's right. Are you getting down? You need help? Okay. He'll be back. He's going to go get us some snacks and answer the door. But um, he'll be back. Cherie, um, you said that you are going to talk about your journey into motherhood. Yes. Where do you want to start? Um, I guess I can start from before I even found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a while to get here. It was a, it was a, it was a journey. Um, some may not like the journey that I had to go through, but it, it was a learning experience from the jump nonetheless. With, uh, being young and having abortions. And then once I find like, okay, I want to be a mom, going through miscarriages. It, 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 it was an emotional roller coaster. Before, but that moment that I found out about this little one, it was a blessing in disguise, mm. a big time, mm. a big time blessing. Mm-hmm. I found out like super duper early in my pregnancy that I was, that I was pregnant. So I kind of was on, on edge because like I said, I had couple miscarriages and it's just like okay maybe this is gonna be the one maybe not that unknown hey you need to get down okay but as the pregnancy went on emotions flew it 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 became fun at first and then it became a journey but nonetheless, I feel as though my uh, my motherly instincts were always there. And like I Yay! said before, they say I was a mom before I was even a mom. So it was like I almost knew what I had to do when I actually was becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been a mom since she was born. <laughs> um, she takes after our great-grandmother. She's just a nurturer. Uh-oh. Kind of straight to the point. Either you're going to do it or you're not. You're going to show up or you won't. And that's just that. With Cherie, she's exhibited so much strength and so much damn beauty in this journey of motherhood. I am her first cousin, so I've watched her go through a lot of the things that she went through. And some of the things that she went through were happening while life was happening to me. So I really couldn't grasp all of the things that she had been going through. But once I cleared out some things on my plate and really started to pay attention, I was like, ma'am, you're a superhero. How? How did you do this? How? Okay. I still don't even know how sometimes. Walk us through... Um, how you've been navigating going from not having children to having an almost two-year-old. An almost two-year-old. What's so crazy is that you think that once you have a kid that you have so much more responsibility that you have to deal with. You have so much more like bills and and 
your money's supposed to be a whole lot tighter. You can tell this was my calling to be a mom because from the moment that I became one, it's like all of that went away. Not saying, oh, I'm the richest person out here because Lord knows that I'm not. I wish I was. But before him, I was having financial struggles. I was having friend struggles. I was having family struggles, just like everybody else. But to me, it seemed like it was a lot more. And then once it came down to, okay, Sheree, you got to do what you have to do because you have to bring somebody into this world. It's like everything started to fall into place for me to do that. Mm -hmm. And only thing that I, I, I could do was just, okay, grow from, I know what, what the past entitled or had in store for me, but my future, oh man, my future was looking very bright. Mm -hmm. Just becoming a, just, just by becoming a mom. And it's like, okay, so that's what I'm supposed to do. So that transition, it, it, it was hard physically because, you know, pregnancy does a lot of wear and tear. And those that know me know that my pregnancy was not one of the normals mm -mm. at all. From uh, emergency surgery at 20 weeks to uh, dealing with issues with his dad while I'm pregnant to the biggest scare of my life, uh, 10 days postpartum. <gasps> That might there probably was the hardest thing for me. But like most said, I transitioned out of that even well. Mm -hmm. She's over here choked up a little bit because that's why she calls me a super smiler. I'm about to cry myself. But uh, <laughs> I guess I can hit on that real quick. Uh, 10 days postpartum. Um, I was rushed to the hospital by my dad because the left side of my face looked like I was having a stroke and my blood pressure was through the roof. Come to find out, um, I got diagnosed with Bell's palsy and postpartum preeclampsia. So that's, if, if Bell's palsy, for those that don't know, is it's everything but a stroke. So I look like I had a stroke. And I could not smile. Um, I couldn't really blink. The whole left side of my face was just pretty much numb. On top of, like I said, 10 days postpartum. And I had postpartum preeclampsia, so my blood pressure was sky high. It took about two months to regain my smile. And that was the hardest thing because... My smile is one of my best qualities. Everybody has always said that my whole life that your smile is contagious. And in that moment, it was my darkest moment because I lost my most precious aspect in life. And I, I, I really didn't know how to handle it, but I... I did. I handled it pretty well, I thought. Whew. So, I mean, now if you see me, you would not know. Mm -mm. You wouldn't know at all. My smile is as big as it was once before. Y'all, I just want to touch on this. 
Cherie, I call her Super Smiler because if you've ever met her, her smile enters the room before she does. <laughs> it's like, have you you've heard people who say, oh, your laugh is contagious. No, her smile is so freaking bright. And to see her practice smiling, she had to practice smiling. She went from not being able to smile to smiling halfway to a full-on smile, y'all. Listen, even through her miscarriages that she had, she still continued to smile. I had to lean on her when I had my miscarriage, when I was pregnant. Um, she and I were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had several miscarriages that I didn't really speak about, but that last miscarriage was really hard because I was super excited to be pregnant with my cousin. Like, yes. I was like, <laughs> our babies are going to be BFF. best friends like us. That's not how it worked. Now, Deuce is going to be my baby's babysitter, but um, Period. that's all right. <laughs> um, I want to touch on that because I do have some people in the community who have been through miscarriages and they don't know how to navigate. And what did you do? Um, the first miscarriage came, I want to say five years after my last abortion. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I had got to the point where in my life that I was like, okay, well I just can't have kids. And then he said, oh, yes, you can. And then he showed me this light, like, okay, you can have a kid, but I don't want you to have this kid. So in the back of my mind, I'm just like, okay, that was a wake-up call for me to stop doubting myself. Mm-hmm. So I want to say a year and a half later when I got pregnant again, I'm like, all right, bet this is our time, right? Yeah. That one hurt probably the most I would say um because I thought I was ready I thought we were ready um it may have been a little bit early because it was still with his dad but in my mindset like okay this is it this is this is it and I want to say I was about seven weeks and I had to go to the ER I believe I was having some kind of stomach cramp or something like that but I left work and went to the ER and everything was cool that day but a week later check up from my ER visit there was no heartbeat and I felt as though my heart stopped when they told me that because I'm like so how am I supposed to process this is I thought you said that you know In that moment, I'm not even going to lie. I kind of doubted his existence to the point where like, okay, I told, I got in my head that I couldn't have it. But then you you brought me here and told me that I could, but you're not giving me what. When you say he, who are you talking about? I'm talking about God. Okay. So she, she arguing with God openly. Like, listen, bruh. Yeah. Why are you playing with me? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I'm like, okay, you 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 told me that I could, but then not, you're not giving me the end result. You're not allowing me to go there. But y'all know y'all not supposed to question him because that's what he says. It's on his time. Mm-hmm. So after I got out of my funk, 
because it was it was a bad funk. Um, I ended up having to have a DNC the day after Thanksgiving, and that was hard. But being able that I was with family on Thanksgiving and everybody knew what was going on, the amount of love that they showed and gave to me was dead on. And then I think what also helped me to recover from that is one of my best friends ended up finding out that she was pregnant. Drink. <laughs> ended up finding out that she was pregnant and it was like, Phew, oh, okay. That's my baby. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of, I guess when my situation, it, it still stuck in the back of my head. Like, okay, dang. And then I got to think, oh man, her daughter and my baby would have been together close by, you know? So that it, it kind of hurt watching her grow, knowing that I could have been right there with her. So when you was going through yours, that's why I was like, I understand. I know. <laughs> and that's why I understood because I did that. So, but it, it, it kind of helped having her baby around. And it helped kind of get me through it a little bit. But like I said, I I, I kind of did the same like you did. I kind of backed away a little bit because I was too much in my house. Mm-hmm. And um, just for a year later, a year, not even a year later to my from my DNC, I want to say 51 weeks <laughs> to the year. <laughs> I found out that I was pregnant with Deuce. Mm. Y'all, we were so happy. <laughs> so happy. We were so happy. And I'm still happy. I'm super excited to have him here. He has lit up our whole world. Whole world. Whole world. So let's talk about how you've um, grown into just accepting your role in motherhood. Oh man. Cause it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was not easy at all. <laughs> um, except in my role, like I said, I, I, I knew I was a nurturer. So it was, it was like, okay, we got this. Okay. We get, but it, it took me a while to kind of get into mommy mode mm-hmm. because like I said, the miscarriage. So I was like, all right, I, I set many goals for myself during my pregnancy. Okay, we just got to get to this appointment. Okay, then we just got to get to this appointment. All right, we get through Christmas and we get to this appointment, then we good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, bet. We get to 12 weeks, it was on like Donkey Kong. Hello. I'm like, all right, boom, we in this thing. First trimester, done. A lot of my worries start to go away. I'm like, all right, we made it. We good. We in this thing. We done passed the the threshold of my other miscarriages. We we we're we're trucking along, trucking along. And then 20 weeks came. What happened at 20 weeks? 20 weeks is the my 20 week appointment is the appointment that we were going to find out. Well, not me per se, because I was told that I couldn't see, but find out the gender and, you know, midway checkup. Well, my midway checkup didn't go like my other 
ultrasound appointments. It it took a turn, and I was scared that it was about to take a turn for the worse. Mm-hmm. Twenty weeks, my cervix started to open, mm-hmm. and uh, we was very very lucky because the doctor caught it just in time. So. With them being able to catch it just in time, I was able to get rushed up to emergency surgery where they put in a, what is it called, a collage, where is it pretty much they stitch my cervix closed mm-hmm. so he can't come. I thought that was called a circlage. Yeah. What did I say? Collage. Circlage. Circlage. Yeah. <laughs> circlage. So, and just sitting in the, the room before actually finding out because you know how you just know something's not right mm-hmm. um, been there any other time I would go get my ultrasound and then we'd be out it was like that that quick well after this one they was like all right we're gonna have you see the doctor what am I seeing the doctor for and Drew was at this appointment with me because she was she's a guy mom he has two guy moms. She's one of the guy moms. So she was like, um, so she was with me so she can get the results so she could take it back to my mom and my aunt in Tempest. And she's the other guy mom. Um, so she's with me at this appointment and we like, okay. So we sit down in the office, wait for the doctor to come in. He gets to show me, you know, the ultrasound, things like that. I'm like, oh, it looks like a galaxy. He's like, yeah. He's like, that galaxy is not supposed to be there. Hmm. So he said, that's the opening of your cervix, which is not good. Hmm. And I instantly bawled because we know that when my cervix is open, that means I'm about to go into labor and we can't have me going into labor at 20 weeks. I thought you said this was my time. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I am a mess. I'm thinking I'm about to lose my baby and I've. I made it this far. Like, how could you make me make it this far? And and then about twenty minutes, ten minutes later, he had me go into the observation room, which is like a uh, just like a regular doctor's office room, um, and actually physically looked inside and seen that my cervix was not open that much. Mm-hmm. Like even had Dre, like, oh, just look at that. He said himself that was you could see the relax in his body, mm-hmm. so it kind of made me relax in my body. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, this is good. It's not open that much. Mm. We can save this." Mm-hmm. I instantly start crying again, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, I just got to call my mom. I just got to call my mom. I got to call my mom. I'm like, dream. My phone's not re- working. We're in the middle of the hospital, so of course it's not working." Mm-hmm. But I'm getting wheeled upstairs trying to call my mom on the elevator in the middle of the hospital. I'm like, somebody call my mom. Get up to labor and delivery. Was able to call my mom. And uh, everything started to be okay a little bit more. Um, The procedure was quick and easy. I wasn't uh, fully sedated. They just numbed me from the waist down um, like a half epidural. and afterwards, he came in and we were talking. He's like, uh, all right, you're good. I was like, we're good. He was like, yep, we're good. She's like, now you're going to ha- sit down. 
I said, okay. He's like, what kind of work do you? I said, I'm in the factory. He said, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, wait, what? He's like, yeah, no work for you. I said, for when? He said, until you have this baby. Oh, are you putting me off of work for mm-hmm. the remainder of my pregnancy? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I am. I was like, oh. So it's nesting time. He said, exactly. And then my my role to being a motherhood started to continue. Mm-hmm. I think in that moment I went into super mom mode. You did. <laughs> There's no think about it. I went into super mom mode in that moment. Um, there was nothing I could do but sit and become a mom. Sit and wait to become a mom. So I mean, I, in that moment I had to move. Uh, I really couldn't be in the home that I was in. Um, so I pre- stayed with my friend for a couple months until I found me at my own home. But in the middle of all of that, I I think I enrolled in all the programs possible to help moms from help with like parenting classes to help with a pack and play, everything possible. Like, there's nothing else for me to do, so why not just go and sit at these free classes? hmm And I gained so much knowledge from them. Like, a lot of people don't even know about those, but ProMedica is very, very, very hands-on with their moms. And they have a lot of different programs that helps. And they're free. hmm Keyword, they're free. hmm Like, Yes. I took advantage of all of those. I had nothing else to do mm-hmm. but prepare for my baby. And I wanted to make sure that I was prepared in every way, shape, and form. And I, that's what I mean. But I went to supermom mode. Um, of course, I knew that off-rip I was breastfeeding. So I, I started to pick my sister's ear about that because she's a two-time mom of two awesome little girls. And she breastfed them both. So she was my go-to person for that. Uh, just looking up different things, taking extra birthing classes or extra breastfeeding classes, and just waited. It was a long wait. Twenty, like, actually no, it was what eighteen week wait until I met him. So I had no choice but to to get ready for mommy mode. He stalled us out, y'all. <laughs> He did. He stalled us out so many times. I swear I was in labor for like a week and a half. You were in labor for five years. (laughs) (laughs) She was in labor for five years. (laughs) Listen, I moved back to Toledo around the end of her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were like 30 weeks. Yeah, I think so. And... Those last 10 years of her pregnancy, <laughs> I was all up in her face. All of it. <laughs> it was me, Ace. Yep. <laughs> it was me and Ace. All up in her face. If y'all don't know who Ace is, Ace is my dog who has um, transitioned into being a service dog. I don't know where he works, but if y'all find him, let me know. Tell him we said Tell him we said hi. Um, we are going to take a small break here and we will be back in just a second. And we are back with our super smiler. 
Um, here we left off talking about how she transitioned into a super mom after being pregnant for the same length of time as an elephant. <laughs> um, and I can say that because we got that type of relationship, but I dare y'all to say it. I'll pull up on you. Period. Okay. So <laughs> I want to touch on some things. Um, from what I've seen, because I take notes when people go through things like this, okay, like motherhood, that's mm-hmm. something that I would want to be a part of one day, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm super okay with being a really good auntie because I play that role really good. Um, but momming, that seems like a really challenging job that I'm not sure that I'm, I, I don't think that I, I'm not sure. So I want to know how you navigate having a personal life while you have this new boss mm-hmm. called your baby because mm-hmm. he is a boss baby he most definitely he's is. a boss baby i'm pretty sure he's pimping us on this podcast right now but i'm not saying nothing, I'm not saying nothing. um so how are you still able to be sheree as well as deuce's mom being sheree and deuce's mom let me first start off that um just to throw that out there to those, I am a single mom. His dad is in and out of his life. So, therefore, I do this 100% by myself. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Why, thank you. Welcome. Um, but I won't give that to my title. I, I give that to his his dad. I mean, not his dad, his granddad, mm-hmm. whom he is named after, and his godfather and his big uncles and male cousins. They are a tremendous aspect in our lives. So I most definitely don't wear the dad hat, but I most definitely give it to those that that helped me be that father figure for him. But um, but I still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm a single mom, so I do this 100% of the time. I live, I eat, I breathe, I devote my life to being Deuce's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, first going back to work, it was hard for me. Uh, but my job welcomed me with open arms and gave me everything that I needed. Cause like I said, I was breastfeeding. So that entitles having extra downtime off the lines, especially being in the factory. Um, so I can still be a mom while I'm at work. Cause I have to still pump for him, um, in order for him to eat the next day. <laughs> and, um, uh, in the midst of everything that was going on with labor and his dad, I ended up hooking back up with an old fling. So trying to throw, trying to be, I guess, a girlfriend per se, mm. but not really a girlfriend. Spicy mama. Um, <laughs> in the equation. So it was a lot. She's a hot mama. It was a lot. So trying to juggle working mom, 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 and significant other mom i guess you can say um partner mom yeah there we go uh it, it, it was a lot um luckily the guy that i was dealing with he you know we had we known each other before i met his dad so he was very understanding and he welcomed deuce of course with open arms and still does to this day um so that wasn't really a challenge for us um, but the work and dealing with him was very, very, 
hard. Uh, I worked second shift. So only time I really had was in the mornings. And I would try to spend as much time with him in the mornings as possible. But we had a newborn. So all he wants to do is sleep. Mm-hmm. He was booty in the beginning. <laughs> Very booty in the beginning. <laughs> so he wants to sleep. So mommy's like, all right, bet mommy's going to try to sleep. But it it's not much sleep that you can do with the newborn. And you're just like, okay. I was tired. I'm not even going to lie. I was tired. And then things got crazy with job, my job because we started to transition from one building to the next. So that inquired a lot of 12-hour shifts. For like two weeks straight, seven days a week, I was on 12s. Mm-hmm. It was hard for us, y'all. Oh, man. It was so, so hard. Like, And I have a newborn. I'm just keep reminding y'all that he was a baby baby at this time. In the middle of all of that, he got sick for the first time. Oh, God, y'all. He got sick for the first time, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like, I can't go to work. So I'm like, okay, I can't use up all my points because we're on a point system. It was hard, but luckily I have the support team of the century. She got a whole, I don't even want to call us a village. I got a whole city. She got a country. I do. Of help. I do. She has a nation. I do. Like she has a nation. The bombest nation ever. Like they picked up, kicked in, picked him up from daycare when I was doing twelves early, so he wouldn't be at daycare for longer than twelve hours. They, I'm. I've had a couple of times where I had to. Somebody had to bring me supplies because I either forgot it because I'm running on no sleep or I ran out or I just somebody had to come get milk for me while I was at work to to care for him while I was on these 12. It was a lot. But when I say my nation kicked in into overdrive, I would not have survived without them. So that was rough. Um, After we got out of that little rut, it was maybe for like a month. That it was up and down kind of a deal. It was cool. Uh, I I, I kind of got into my swing. Okay, our mornings is our mornings. He goes to daycare, which his daycare is phenomenal. Like, they treat him as is if it's, this is their grandbaby and, mm-hmm. or they nephew. Um, he even got a work daycare mom. So, they just took on my baby and they have been a tremendous help as well. So they are part of my nation, even now. Uh, so it, it took a lot. But then we got into our routine after things settled down. And it became a lot easier trying to manage um, momming and working and here and there social life. Um, like the social life, like the before, you know, I was carefree. I'd get up and go. I go out whenever I wanted to, have a ball, drink, smoke, all of that. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I most definitely, I was hesitant about drinking because you know, I'm breastfeeding. So I'm like, oh, my baby is not about to get drunk off my breast milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but doing research and being a part of a mom's group on Facebook or talking to my sister, it, it helped me get a better understanding of everything. And then kind of trial and error. 
okay, if I get drunk one night and have to breastfeed, is my baby going to be drunk the next day? No. Mm. Not at all. You learn a lot. You learn a lot. That's why it had to be a different segment. But yeah, it was trial and error. And it over time, it became a lot easier. Um, finding a babysitter for him to go out was not ever hard. Um, after a while, my sister moved in, her and my niece, and that was a roller coaster. But it was it was a helpful roller coaster, <laughs> nonetheless. It was it was it was ups and downs. But them being here helped them, and it also helped me in that time to get adjusted to a lot of things. Um, being able to move a little bit freely, feel like I have a little bit more of a life um, having them here. Um, so after a while, you get into your routines. Your routines make your life a little bit easier. So I guess that kind of helped mm-hmm. with that transition. Um, uh, so a couple things that I heard you say that I wanted to pick up on. If you are a single mother, I want to say you have my heart. Okay. <laughs> I love y'all. I love a single mother. I am very, I'm, I don't know the word to say, but I empathize with single mothers because my, I was raised by a single mother until my mom got married. And then when she got married and my dad passed away, she became a single mother again. So, of course, I'm always going to empathize with single mothers. What I heard her talk about is the transition into motherhood and how you may not know exactly how to transition, how it's going to look. But what I heard you say is you pressed forward. Mm -hmm. You caught on your nation. You accepted the help even when you didn't want to, Mm -hmm. even when it was hard. Even when you thought that the people would say, hell no, to the no, 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 she still called us. There were times where she asked me, and I'm just going to be transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, There were times where she asked me to pick up Deuce. And there were times where I said, ma'am, no, (laughs) I don't have the mental space. Mm -hmm. But in the times that I could do it, I was right there. Okay. You have to know who you can ask for help, who will, who you should accept the help from, mm-hmm. and then just allowing the help when you don't realize how much help you need. A lot of times I know we will push away help yep. um, because it we didn't send for it. Yep. But sometimes our earth angels are like, I know you need this help. So I'm going to give you this help regardless <laughs> if you want this help. You about to get self. this help. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be telling them my business. Don't be telling them my business. Mm-hmm. They they know. I'll be telling people get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Get out of my house and I will Ow. slam my door and slam my red phone down. Like you said, out. Get out of my house. But um yeah, like Whenever you're going through these transitions, you have to accept the help whenever the help is being given to you. All help ain't good help. When you know it's genuinely good help. Yes. You know when it's when it's good and when it's not good. Mm-hmm. And you know, you if you don't know who your team is, you need to sit back and evaluate 
who is really on your team. Who on your team? Who you got on your squad? Me? Who you got on your squad? Oh, I got my parents. Mm -hmm. I have my aunts, Mm -hmm. my great-grandparents, my big cousins, my little cousins. Um, I have siblings. siblings. Oh, my gosh. I have cousin siblings. Mm -hmm. Like cousins, dad siblings. She talking about me, y'all. Like, yeah. Like those. (laughs) I'm her cousin. Yep. Yep. Those (laughs) uh, co-workers. Uh, my mentor, my daycare staff, my, uh, I don't even know, like, they come out the woodwork. My friends, like, yo, you you know your friends. Like, mm-hmm. you, they say when you down and out, your, your, the real people come out. I was down and out. And when I say my friends showed up and they showed out, Show. they showed up and they showed out. out. When I was at my lowest, they was like, baby girl, pick your head up. Let's go. Wash your face. Let's go. We got this. We got this. And we got you. Oh. So you know who your team are. Oh. oh, really? And to this day, they still on my team. Mm-hmm. Then they ain't switched up. Not once. So that's that's my team. That's that's my community. That's my nation. You know. When you, when you know, you know. You mm-hmm. know who you can go to. You know who. Who's there for you, and you know who's right for you, and those are the people that you that you extend yourself to. Whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, like you know who these people are, and these people have saw me at my lowest, and they saw me at my highest, and they saw me mellow out, and they they're there, and I'm forever grateful for all of y'all. All of y'all. We forever grateful for you. I'll tell you, you you're my little cousin, mm-hmm. but in some areas, you are my big cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, navigating the miscarriage was not easy for me, so I looked to Cherie to teach me how to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, she reminded me of who I was. She reminded me to do my crafts. Mm-hmm. She reminded me that this feeling that I had was temporary mm-hmm. and to keep going. Not a lot of people will admit these things, but I'll be telling y'all, I'm real. So I give my flowers to the people while they're here. Yep. And I should have brought you a bouquet. <laughs> but I give you flowers all the time. I, I look here. So <laughs> I don't. I don't got no green thumbs. So they bring them over here. <laughs> but I give you flowers all the time because I love. I love you. Those deserve flowers. them. Like you deserve them, y'all. I shower her with words of affirmation and how amazing she is because sometimes we forget. Those are the best flowers I could ever receive. Maybe some people like physical flowers, but I don't have a green thumb, so don't don't bring me no physical flowers. Mm-hmm. Tell me in words. Those are flowers to me. Okay, she said, "If you love me, write a song about it." Ow. <laughs> Period. Okay, you love me, write a song about it. Period. Put Period. It on pen and paper. Oh, put it good. on wax. Put it on the vinyl. Put it. Put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out there. <laughs> so, I want to thank you for having you on. Just allowing me in your space. 
and having you on the podcast and introducing yourself to the community. Is there anything that you would like to leave the community? Any gems that you want to just drop? Um, love the people that loves you. And I'm a big lover and everybody knows that. Like, like I just said, the metaphor, don't give me flowers. Give me words. Tell people. Action. Tell people I am an action person. Tell me that you love me. Show me that you love me. Show your people. Like, don't be afraid. Use verbs. Don't don't be afraid to, to love on your people because they show love back. And throughout everything that I've been through, the love is what kept me going. Mm-hmm. Because had I not had that love, I probably would have folded and I probably could have been one of these people that had them put their baby in a dumpster or something like that. You never know. But because I had the love from my people, it helped me to keep going. So love your people and allow them to love you, mm. especially in your, your down times. Don't go bashing people because they're not there for you because everybody has a life and you never know what somebody else is going through. So love your people that love you, even when they're not showing it, but you know that they love you. Love them because they they the truth and they the truth. She just explained the definition of grace. And on that note, we're going to close. As always, we are all bald headed under our hair. So let's keep minding our bald head business. <laughs>